Welcome to Running on Purpose, a weekly podcast dedicated to training the body, the mind, and the soul for what the race requires. My name is Steve Sisson, and I will be your host. Hey world, another episode of the Running on Purpose podcast. I'm here with Kristen. Hey, Kristen. Hey, Steve. And we're going to talk to you today about a topic that's near and dear to our hearts, aren't we? Yeah. What are we going to talk about? Never fucking quitting. Never fucking quit. If you can want I to say ha- the F-bomb? You can F-bomb. We are explicit on this podcast. Okay. You're free to drop them where and when. Um, maybe this is even a hashtag or is hash- are hashtags passe now? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, neither honestly. do I. So NFQ, never fucking quit. Uh, this is a topic we've been bandying about in our in our group here in Austin and the group that we co- that I coach online, and we've been going back and forth with the summer and people having challenging workouts, challenging races, and we just thought there's been a lot of dialogue between the folks in our group, and we thought we'd come at you with this topic, and we've got some insights and some thoughts. But before we get to it, I want to address one particular, just a concern I had with one of the statements I made on a ep- prior episode, on the episode about dirty, dark coaching secrets. I made a statement about coaches needing to be have a minimum of 10 years in order for them to be a good coach. And I don't, I need to step that back a little bit and just say that 10 years of experience will allow a coach to have much more personal experience and much a greater level of experience working with that many athletes over a long period of time gives them so many more opportunities to test their theories, to see how things work in practice, to experiment and just work through all the myriad of issues that come up when you're coaching. And it's kind of like Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 hours. It's, you know, 10 years means that someone's got um, a much greater appreciation for the things that can go right and the things that can go wrong and why they go right and they go wrong. I have met many coaches and know many coaches who are fantastic, who are, you know, six months, one year, three years down the line in their coaching careers. Uh, But I promise you those coaches will be better coaches when they get to 10 years and beyond. And again, to repeat that, that also was that there was a slippery slope on the back end of that, that once a coach had coached for that long, they had a tendency to ossify their principles and, and not really grow. And of course, there are others, there are many coaches who are not falling in that. I think I was just trying to get under people's skins and get some dialogue going. You? Yeah, it happens occasionally. So was that an apology? No, it wasn't an apology. Hmm. It was a hmm. uh, a clarification. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Heaven another thing happened today, Kristen, actually, well, it would be tomorrow when people listen to this podcast, but uh, Boston announced that they have their full field and the time that the athletes would needed to have run faster than their qualifying time was one minute and 39 seconds what do you what what, what are your initial thoughts about that do you have any gulp <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of like politics right like no matter what i say i'm gonna piss somebody off but i mean honestly i think they should make the standards five ten minutes harder get rid of the Charity racers, not that there's anything wrong with charity racing, but and just call it a day for a few years. Anyway, either way, you're going to piss somebody off, right? Like, I, I understand people who work really hard and think that they're going to get in. Standards are even harder and they don't get in. I can see how that would be really frustrating. 
but um, it's, I don't know, it's a race. It's life. It's not fair. We sort of know what to expect with Boston. It's not like everything. It's ever a sure bet. So I just think that uh, I don't know. I I don't have a problem with the way that it currently is, but everyone seems to be really upset with it. So it's kind of like just make the standards harder and get on get yeah, on with the race. You've made that argument now a couple of times. I've heard you that says you don't really give a shit because you think that just know what it is and know you need to run your very best race and run to the line. And I used to always argue with you about that. And I, I, I see now, um, that they're running now that Boston is running into this challenge of, you know, if Boston moves the time 10 minutes faster, it's human nature. People will run the times and they'll still get into the same position. I think it might take a little longer, but people will improve. And there, there's probably a line where that where that falls off. I don't know exactly where that is, and we're not really going into that too deeply today. It's just everybody has an opinion about this. It's a challenging issue for the greatest foot race in America to deal with, and they're dealing with it the way they do. As many people who have listened to me in the past, they know that my view is I think the tragedy of all this is that people come across a finish line at their Boston qualifier and have to wait. And it's also, I see the flip side, as you've argued before, that everybody knows that, though. Everybody I, knows there's going to be a moving target, and so you put your best race out there. Yeah, I think it's like complaining about the heat in Texas, right? Newsflash, yeah, it's hot. Yeah, you weather know it's is. hot. You knew it was going to be yeah. hot. Same with Boston. It's like, you know the time isn't the time, so either plan to run faster or just prepare that you might not get it. I mean, which people probably do. I'm kind of speaking out of my ass there, but... yeah. Anyway. Well, yeah, and I think that this is about Boston being hard to get into. Right. So, you know, there there's just that piece too. And we're talking about something everybody understands is a um a level there's a little bit of elitism here no matter what. There right. there just is. Right. And um and the, and things are not gonna be fair. And while I think Boston should change the way they do it, I still think that it would create unforeseen challenges and unforeseen problems that might be even worse. So who knows? This is the system we have. It doesn't sound like Boston's making any changes. Yeah, and I think that the one thing almost all almost all runners agree on is we could get rid of the 20% of the spots that go to charity runners. Or adjust them or raise the prices, yeah. Something. I, I mean, do think there's an amazing aspect of the race itself that, you know, the Ironman races, Ironman Hawaii has this similar thing, and it creates some interesting storylines and some interesting opportunities. Um, but I do think that there's a lot, there's too many in that position, but yeah. anyway, we're not going to spend this whole podcast episode talking about Boston. No, just like started me off like, Hey world, here's Kristen. What do you think? I hate charities. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you guys. I didn't mean that. And but... people think I'm a curmudgeon. Really though. Who would I learn it from? <laughs> your, your dad? Maybe so. He's, he is a curmudgeon. There's no doubt about that. All right. So Kristen. Never fucking quit. This is a, a topic that we're pretty adamant about. You and I both agree on. And we thought instead of just having it as a bio, as a, as a statement or a, a kind of a, a, a slogan someone could put on the back of a, uh, the back of a car, it should be something that we can give some real teeth to. And really in part why we think people need to adjust their attitude in the first place. Um, and then give some practical applications about ways that we think that they can get better at this. And if they're in a situation where they found themselves having challenges and having gotten to this sort of downward spiral of having a, 
a, a poor performance that caused them to quit, whether that quitting is a DNF or a do not finish, or if the quitting is just not giving their best effort on that day for whatever reason, there's a variety of different levels of quitting. We want to give you some tools so that you've got the ability to come away from this episode saying that that was useful and helpful. Hopefully that happens. So the first thing is that we want to talk about is you finish what you start. So what 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 is the mindset that you're that we're both espousing here. We've kind of got this initial thought that's, all right, don't fucking quit. Easily, easier said than done. You got to start somewhere. Where do you start? Well, first you start by starting, right? You show up. But I think the whole point of all of this, you know, part of why we run is that with the hope that it builds us into the type of person we want to be or that we think we are, whatever, however you want to phrase that, but then that we take what we learn in training and through mental training and we let it permeate our lives. So you finish what you start, right? You start something, you finish it, you see it through to the best of your ability, barring any catastrophic events. Yeah, and we're going to get into that in just a little bit, but I'm with you 100%. And I think this is something I've said many, many times about our sport and athletes need to make decisions. Mm. And they, they need to come from a place where they say, I have made, they have to get their ass out on the line and they have to take a risk. You're going to quit more likely if you don't have a, a goal, you don't know what you're trying to accomplish and what you're trying to get done, and you don't have an attitude from the beginning that you're going to finish what you start, right? So making a decision about why you're running, where you're running. We're not going to get into your why and your purpose and all those other things today, but we are going to say you have to decide and that you're not going to quit. And here's the thing. You cannot let it come into the equation. It's just a decision. And and I had an experience talking to a good friend of mine who uh, is was the, go, who went through the Navy SEALs um, training. And he, he said, and I've listened to multiple podcasts of the great Jocko Willenick, who basically talks about this attitude for those people who succeed in um, that training. Uh, they they just made the decision from the front end that they were absolutely not going to quit. It wasn't the most talented, physically fit person who made it through it. Those guys, some of those guys quit. It wasn't the um, the best swimmer. It wasn't the, the hardest head. It was the one who just said simply, I'm not going to quit. They just made the decision. Yeah, I think like everything in life, it's a choice, right? And so we're specifically talking, I mean, I think we're talking to people who are showing up to this podcast with a goal in mind, pretty dedicated runners. And I think, so you have you have your goal, you've made the choice. It's a reasonable goal. Um. So it's not, you know, me saying I want to run a 210, right? That's not within reason. Um, and so then what? So, so you don't make an excuse. So the next thing is, here, so you make your decision, no excuses. Right. And you say this all the time. You get your head right. You show up, present and correct. And you, and that means... That means you're ready to go, whether it's the start line of a race or the beginning of a workout. You show up and you're ready to go into battle. You hear it all the time. Well, I had too much to drink last night or, well, I 
didn't eat or I ate too much or I am dehydrated. Part of that workout, though, was fueling and hydrating correctly, showing up to the workout ready to go. Not, I mean, and I think the way that that you teach us to approach workouts is that it's a simulation for race day. So if I know I have, let's say, 24 hard workouts before my big race, that's 24 opportunities to get my kit right, to get my fueling right, to get my hydration right, to get my mindset right. I'm going to go down the checklist. And this is the way that we should approach every single workout, present and ready. And I think that's what you mean when you say show up present and ready. Yeah, I have another term I like to use too, which is bring all your weapons. And it's the same concept that you you know your paces, you know your times, you know right. your splits, you know your reps, you know all the things that you need to do. It's the same way with on race day. So the, that's the place to practice, right, in workouts. by Because not every workout are we going to decide what kit we're going to wear. Not every workout are we going to decide exactly what nutrition we're going to utilize. But you do have other ways that you can create a space for your mind that says going into this session on this given day, not deciding the night before, I'm going to see this through. I'm going to start what I finish. I'm mm-hmm. not going to fucking quit. I'm not going to have any excuses. Let's remove all the excuses I have for the day, toe the line, and have everything ready to go. You're not trying to figure out how to how to get your Garmin right. You're not figuring out any of those other things. You're ready to go. So that well, that sounds and like I get that that sounds really harsh, but there's there's room for grace there, right? Sometimes life just happens, and don't quit. There are no excuses, but sometimes you just shouldn't start, right? Yeah, there's a there's a lot of circumstances where somebody might not even be. They might train. They might, and we're not. You know, we're mostly talking here about your quality workouts, your long runs, and the quality long runs you might be doing in your training plan. Um, and we're not talking about every single run that you run. And we're also saying that, hey, not all of you who are in your training phase right now are in a position where you need to be working on this. You might not be in a serious mode. You might be doing base building. You might be in a phase where you're not really focused exactly on all the dotting all the I's and crossing all the T's in your workout. There are, there are, there are specific times in our schedule, in our overview of our training, where we're not completely well we don't need to focus on this there's also circumstances like you said where our lives are exceedingly crazy or something comes up that's really a big challenge we recognize and we're not saying to every single workout that you do all the time has to be no never fucking quit it's not Ponce de Leon constantly on like Robotron right it's not that serious but when you're going to work on it when you're going to simulate race day those are, the, those are the steps. Make the decision. No excuses. Get all your shit together. Yeah, I think it's it, it really comes down to a couple of things, right? Show up when you say you're going to show up. And again, we're talking about people in training. Show up when you say you're going to show up. Be ready to do the work and then do the work. Now, you know, we said sometimes you just shouldn't start. And that looks like, I don't know. You found out the night before that your kid's being bullied in school and you didn't sleep and somehow three grand's missing from your bank account or like, I don't know, something happened to your pet. I don't. There are a billion different things that could happen. And if you wake up in the morning or in the middle of the night and you just don't have it in your heart 
to go and be tough and be strong and do this workout, you make that decision beforehand, but from a space of grace and love and not from fear. So give yourself yourself and allow yourself the room and the space to have grace and to say, you know, today, not that you would consciously be thinking this, but my cortisol levels are too high. I'm too stressed the fuck out. I just can't do this. That said, though, there is a very fine line between grace and excuses. There is. There's no doubt. And I think sometimes we get in the habit of calling something grace when really it's an excuse. And I think we just need to be careful. Be careful with that because I, in general, I feel like we can fall into a habit of treating ourselves too gently. Now, the opposite is true too, right? Lord knows I've been there, right? I'm going to white knuckle it all the way through. And that's Mm -hmm. not healthy either. But I think really examining your mental space around any particular excuse or possible excuse is a really healthy thing to do. And again, is one of those things that ideally permeates the rest of your life. Absolutely. And, you know, I love this quote. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole quote, but just the last line is one that fits here really well. It's from the the poet Rumi. He says, don't move the way fear makes you move. And I think about that a lot in the sense that it's, we've got to move. We've Sometimes we've got to do make hard decisions and we've got to do things that we wouldn't otherwise, but we don't, don't make those moves based on fear. Make them based on the fact that that decision has to be made. Um, now, there's another thing that we need to address here too, and that's the bigger, that's not really bigger picture, it's just another side of this, which is the question of reasonable and unreasonable expectations. There is another reason why someone might quit, right? So the one reason you, you, you know, it's getting your, your, your shit together beforehand and knowing you've got all your things done and then knowing there's grace and figuring out where that is and to make sure that you're not making excuses. There's this other piece of, making sure that when you come to your workouts and you come to your race that you that you've got a reasonable goal and that you've got reasonable expectations for what to expect that you know for an example we we've talked about this this summer and how hot it's been and how long it was hot and how challenging it was for anyone running a very early fall marathon in our part of the country to know where their current fitness was and this happens every year Kristen I've been coaching for 15, 20 years, marathoners preparing for some fall marathon. And this year wasn't worse. It's just... Well, people will say it was worse because we had like two extra weeks of 100 degrees. But it's like, it's fucking hot. Well, they're going to say it's worse because it's the worst because it's the year they're in. And if they, they forget the year before and the year before, and I don't, I mean, I do forget them, but I do remember always one athlete in particular, uh, this year he had a tough Boston and I told him he was ready to go for Chicago. And I'm like, I don't think we should run Chicago. You're, you're in a mentally challenged space right now. You didn't achieve what you wanted to achieve. And Chicago's right around the corner. We're training in central Texas heat. Like, Yes, we believe you're already in the fitness that you didn't get the chance to run on that day. However, what are the chances that we are going to optimize our training and be in a position? Uh, he was adamant that that's what he wanted to do. And I, I, now it looks like I was right and he was wrong. Hard to say. But 
it created multiple opportunities and multiple scenarios where quitting became part of the the scenario. It, 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 it happened, right? There were workouts that were not achieved to success. And perhaps those would have been not happened if more reasonable expectations were set. Yeah. And I think that just goes in line with optimizing your goals and your training. And again, that's another episode for another day. But if you've made the choice, though, if you've made the choice, you've set the goal, you've paid for the race, you don't quit, right? Like you don't quit in training unless you're hurt. If people are ready, they need to put on their big kid pants. Once they've done... You, you don't want to say big girl panties. Well, I can. I, I don't really want to. I'm, I'm willing to throw F-bombs left and right, but... Anywhere, we're runners. We don't, we don't wear underwear, so... <laughs> If you're going to quit yourself in whatever it is you're doing, a workout, a diet, a boot camp, whatever it is, how are you setting the stage for the rest of your life? How does that permeate the rest of your life? If you quit yourself in a 400, if you quit yourself in a mile, if you quit yourself, whatever, whatever it is. You know, somebody once told me, Actually, maybe it was you. Maybe this was not even like two hours ago. But the best way to not quit is to never start quitting. Yes. That is the best way. But some people have. Some people are already there. Some people are in that place. And those people who are, why why is that happening? Like that that's that's the one million dollar question, right? Why do they quit? Yeah. Negative feedback loops. That voice in your head that, and I mean, God, we all know it, right? We all hear it every day, probably, with the culture that we're in right now. Every day, your voice, that voice in your head pops up and tells you that you're not worthy or you're not strong or you're not fast or you're not, you're not your neighbor or you're not your teammate or whatever that is. I mean... Whatever anybody else has to say to you that could be negative, I guarantee you the voice in your head has told you 10 times worse and 10 times over. And I, I don't know. That's my take on it. That's why people quit. No, I, I've, I have racked my brain on this question all summer long about why people quit. And I basically have come down to only two reasons. What you just said, their script... The script that they're running for their lives is, or the script that they're running for their run that's going on in their head is negative. And it it is negative subconscious or unconsciously. It's not necessarily right there in the place. And so when they first get that hit, when they first get that that knee buckle, when they first get that 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 split on a watch that they want it to be the time that they need it to be in order to hit the wor- the expectation for that workout. What happens is the excuses come up and then the negative feedback loop starts up. So it's either negative feedback loop or the second reason they quit, believe it or not, is really simple. They're going to die. Eminent danger. Something really, really terrible is going to happen and that's why they quit. So there's only two reasons. The reason- and by that, you, you just mean they feel like they're going to pull a hamstring or they, they're, I don't know, their knee is 
feeling like it's about to do what knees do. I don't know, right? Like, yeah, that 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 it's that they're not going to be able to run for a very long time. Because right. believe me, nearly every runner that I've ever met, they're they're going to keep running no, nearly almost no matter what and try to figure it out. Hell, I did today. Today I've got some ginky business going on in my leg and I stop and let me stretch it, see if I can, but oh, I'm going to walk in. No, I'm not going to walk in. I'm going to finish this. I'm not, it's cheesy, but many of us have that attitude when we, when we get this scenario pulled out from underneath us where we're not going to be able to have our run, we're not going to be able to take our medicine, where we're not going to be able to be like the happy person that we need to be when we run all of a sudden we're never going to quit oh no that's so true i mean how many people are like oh you know you should probably take a couple days off no no i'm gonna get out there and i'm gonna run but let a workout pop up and they're like oh i'm really afraid about this hamstring or this calf or yeah where the hell is that that yeah there there's there's no excuses there there's no quitting there until not to say that that is not valid it absolutely is take care of your bodies blah 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 all of that but just just all we're asking you to do is to question to question that voice and to to be aware of of what you're doing call yourself on your shit and examine that am i really in a space where i could be hurt and if you are pull over stop what you're doing stop the workout go see a pt but if it's some bullshit that you're feeding yourself to be able to get out of this if you fake a fall on a trail run like that that's not real and so then you've got some deeper issues that we probably won't go into here (laughs) yeah and i think that that is um we've all i'm not gonna say we all have but i have and you have been in a scenario where we have experienced those moments that's really not what we're talking about here as much. What we're talking about here much more is the fact that 95, 98% of what the reason you're quitting, if there is a quit in you right now, or if there's, is because you've got a negative feedback loop, is because you're not, you're not, you haven't decided, you haven't made a decision, and then what you're doing in the process is listening. When things get hard, you start listening to the, to the, bad voice inside you you start scripting things of all the reasons why you can't rather than and we're going to talk in a second about how to get out of that space but i think that that's a really important point and probably the most important point of this podcast is you're creating the reason you quit and it's an easy fix well easy-ish right you mm-hmm. still have to do the work and you have to work through it but we actually threw this question out to some of your athletes and some of my teammates and asked we ask them to be vulnerable, one, and share with all of us what some of those things were. Some of the what some of their voices said to them in that moment of you should quit. Like what what was it that the voice said? What were some of your favorites? Um, <laughs> you know, it's to me, it's like it hurts, right? It, it and that's not like a favorite. It's just. The real one. Like, to me, like, that's one of the ones that's just, like... Like the truest one. It does. It hurts. And when it hurts like that, you start just wondering if you're the person that you say you are. Like, and and that goes into some other ones you're going to... I think you're going to talk about. But that factor of it hurts, it sounds like it's not naive and facile and, like, oh, of course. But, man, it's real. It is the realest Mm. one, and it hits you right in the core, and it's something that makes it hard to then be rational because it it hits us in 
forces us into some kind of level of irrationality. Because that... this is a fucking elective. Yes, for right? sure. Right? And sure. you're faced with that when you're trying to drop for a sure. sub six minute mile or a sub seven or sub eight or 10 or whatever it is. Like, this fucking hurts. And it really does. And why am I doing this? Right? Yep. Like, that's real. Yep. And that's hard. So what's... What give us one one of yours? Mm, I'm not strong enough was one of my favorites. Mm. I identify with it the most, maybe. Um, or this is too hard. Mm. But I think it hurts. This is too hard. They're, they're subtly different. I mean, this hurts means that there's this present signal going to your body that's telling you to shut this shut this shit down. And, you know, probably a little bit of Noakes' central governor could be coming into play here. Oh, Tim Noakes. Yeah, don't, um, don't get her started on Tim Noakes. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it, there are other things going on that want to shut us down. But, you know, the fact that it's too hard is now an intellectualization of that physical experience. And is this too far outside of what I'm capable of doing? Right. But, but ultimately, I think most of the these questions bring us back to that place where at least let me let me just speak from my experience and I can talk from my coaching experience in a second but from my running experience nearly always any time that I've quit is because the idea that I had in my head that I wanted to achieve the thing I wanted it was going to be too hard to get or and therefore I wouldn't be the person I said I was. And now that I know that, now that I've gone through thinking about that for many years, like this solution is so damn simple. You know, before I said it's easy, it may not be that it's easy. It may be that it's simple, but not easy. Right. It's just it's no matter so the the point being, we ask these folks, our my athletes and your teammates, these questions, and we're pretty sure they all boil down to you just got a negative feedback loop working, and there's a negative feedback loop happening, and if you can write that space, it, then and you can, then you can get to where you need to be. Right. So you're in the middle of a workout, and you show up present, correct. You start the workout. You intend to finish. You've got your expectations right. You know that this is something that's achievable and manageable. And let's say you're not even looking at your stupid fucking watch every two seconds and checking every single little second. But let's just say you're starting to feel in that pain cave and you're like, mm -hmm. holy shit, this is too fast. I can't do this. Here come the voice, the voices. And they say, what was your favorite? Your favorite was this hurts. The voice says this hurts. And now you're starting to think, yeah, oh, yeah, voice, this hurts. I should quit. I should stop. I should take a break, take five minutes, go get some water. I should do these things. What do you do? This hurts. It keeps saying that. And you're agreeing with it. You're reinforcing that voice. I pee down the side of my leg. <laughs> I know you're a little bit better than that. All right, I'll answer it. You question it. You do. Okay, and this is something... I've been doing in workouts and has helped me immensely. You know, I'm coming back from an injury that had me out for a good long while. It was pretty bad. And I'm trying to get in shape again. And I just started doing workouts a few weeks ago. And so they hurt because I'm trying to 
maybe run faster than I should. But um, that voice speaks to me a lot. And in the middle of a workout, that voice spoke to me and I started to question the truth in the voice. And so I used a really simple phrase that I've shared with some of my teammates, which was, is it true? Which can be applied to almost every single thing the voice says to you in the middle of a workout. So no matter what it is or where you are in the run or in the workout or in the race, and when the voice speaks to you and says, you're a piece of shit or whatever it is the voice says, Instead of agreeing with it or dwelling on what it's saying, try and train yourself to immediately question the truth in the voice. Mm. Is it true? This hurts. Is it true? Is it true? Yeah, it hurts. So then what? Then what do you do? So the next thing should be, well, what can you do about it? What can you do about the fact that it hurts? Now, that's going to be different for everybody. For me in a particular workout, this hurts. Is it true? Yes, it's true. What can I do about it? Well, where can I find ways to relax? Steve calls this body scanning. Go through your body. Where can I relax? Well, I'm clenching my jaw. Can I not clench my jaw? Yes. Can I drop my shoulders? Yes. Can I bring my elbows in? Can I lean forward? What, what are the things that I can do to make it a little bit easier? Yeah. Another thing that's extremely useful. Well, let me go back first and say I hesitated and skipped and talked about peeing down the side of my leg because I really wanted you to answer that question. I wanted you to be able to tell your story and rather than me tell that story because I wanted people to know that you came upon an insight on your own, one that I have talked about to Lots of athletes in lots of different circumstances, but I never use those words. And uh, I just think it's really impactful and powerful. And it's a different way of dealing with, um, it's a different way of getting to a really quick and simple place with these negative feedback loops. Because when we talk about negative feedback loops, it sounds so intellectual. It sounds so like, well, what do I do with it? Whatever. No, it's, we're not saying that. We're saying, Ask a simple question. Yeah, and I think is what, it true? what we're doing here is to giving you sort of a protocol. A with, quick, simple, administrable one that can happen in workout or race that is useful and has will will make an impact. So yeah, so you're you're getting ready to quit and all we're asking you to do is before you just go, yep, I'm gonna quit, fuck it, and you quit. Just take a couple of minutes and go through this process. So the process is question the truth. Is it true? If the answer is no, it's not true. Like, for instance, I am not strong enough. Is it true? No, that's not true. Of course it's not true. You're strong enough. You've been through a million other things in your life that were much, much harder than this run. And also, we can talk about what's inherent later, but... You are inherently strong. So, of course, you're strong enough. So, I am not true. I am not strong enough. Is it true? No. Flip it. I am strong enough. Okay. Say that, say that again. Flip it. Flip it. What do say, you mean by that? Say the opposite. Stop talking about yourself that way, even if it's in your own head, mm. right? What is it? Thoughts become reality. I guarantee you, and I know this is especially true for women, no matter what anybody has ever said to you, You've said worse to yourself every single fucking 
day. Mm-hmm. And that has got to stop. That's got to stop when you look in the mirror. That's got to stop when you look at your peers. That's got to stop when you're on a run, when you're parenting, when you're whatever it is. It's got to stop. You've got to stop agreeing with that voice and eventually that voice will stop speaking because you will take its voice from it and you're just flipping the script on it yeah so i ran a race last weekend and in the middle of it i mean i had it's a 50k race took five hours to run like there's a lot of opportunities to to question and to want to stop and to want to quit and i never did i ever factor in the fact that i wanted to quit the race but i did want to quit necessarily chasing the guy down that was in front of me who I may or may not be able to pass, right? And I remember saying to myself at that moment something that I had realized a couple of days before that the script, the sort of inherent script I was running, like the sort of default script that I had running in my head and I have had running in my head for most of my life is I'm not enough. Like mm. I'm not enough and I don't have it and I'm, I need something in order to do this thing. And so in this scenario, I just say, is that true? Are you not enough? No, flip it. I am enough. Mm. I do have it. So what do I do? I just keep working. I just didn't give in. I just said, we'll see what happens. Eventually, I got to catch the guy. A great story, right? It turned out to be fantastic. I got to have a great race, and it turned out really, really well. But even if I hadn't caught him, and even if I hadn't had that opportunity to see the fruit of that um question and getting over that barrier and to to never fucking quit even if that even if it didn't turn into this boon i still would have not fucking quit and that would have been enough because i even if i didn't catch him i still would have not quit and that could very well be the most important thing and And you still would have been enough absolutely because i always am right because it's in me and i think that that's this is what we mean by negative feedback loops that you're running a default script and it's very useful for you to go through and ask yourself. And nearly always these scripts get pulled out and they get thrown in our faces when we're under duress, when we're in battle. And this is why you run. Like you run because you want to test yourself. You run because you want to get to the edge. You run because you want to see if you're going to fucking quit or not. That's what you do. Yeah. That's why you do it. And if you don't know that, that's okay. But I promise you it's why you do it. If you're listening to this podcast, that's why you do it, whether you know it or not. So here, use this opportunity right here, right now, to learn so much more about the inner workings of who you are, what you are, and what you're all about. Because running is a microcosm. Running is an, is, is an analogy and, and of what life really is. So there, in that moment, I had that opportunity to flip that script and have a good success have good success and you know I just thought of this Kristen one of the things I love to say to all my athletes that before they start a race that the most important thing that they can do whether they PR great whether they get their Boston qualifier great whether someone gets an Olympic trials qualifier great those things are fantastic those things are wonderful but the most important thing I think an athlete can do is to run a beautiful race and in my opinion, sometimes never fucking quitting is enough to run a beautiful race. But I digress. 
Sorry, I just went off on a I was, tangent. I was giving him the eye. You guys can't see that, but I was Steve, giving him the eye. Come back to Earth, please. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You just went like 12 episodes ahead. Um, yeah, so just, you know, this is a way to practice changing, changing your narrative and rewriting your story. And you can even do this. When you look back on a workout, that workout sucked. Rewrite that story. You showed up. You did it. You didn't quit. So rewrite the voice as it's happening. Yeah. You're, you're out there. The voice starts speaking. Okay. So we got a little off there too. The answer is no. You flip it. Right? The answer is yes to that question. Is it true? It hurts. Yes. The answer is true. So there's a couple of other steps, things that you can do that we think can knock you out of, help you get out of that negative feedback loop that can be valuable. We talked about one of using a body scan. Mm-hmm. Um, what's another one, Kristen, that, that folks can... So I was pacing one of your athletes on a workout uh, a couple of weeks ago, and we were going up a pretty gnarly hill at a, a an aggressive pace, and um, she was struggling in her breath, and she was running probably a little bit faster than she wanted to, but she was running beautifully and she's struggling up this hill. And I just turned her and I said, find space in your breath. And that sounds really like hippity dippity. Like we're at some yoga studio trying to touch our toes or like put our foot over our head or whatever. But I think sometimes when our breath starts to become challenged, when we're, pushing hard, we then start to panic and it makes it even worse. Then you put humidity on top of that. Then you put heat on top of that. When if you can just take a deep breath, slowly let it out and try and find space in that breath, perhaps you can calm some of that down. And if not, and you're on a hill and that breath is is, is too strong and you're not finding space in the breath, take a beat back. One, two beats. Take a beat back. Slow it down just, just enough to catch your breath and slowly start to resume your pace. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that one is that one's universally useful and useful for all places. In a lot of ways, I think, and I, of course I don't know this for a fact, but it feels a little bit like Kipchoge's doing that. Like when you see him smile, mm-hmm. when you see him do that, it feels like maybe he's taking a deep breath, that there's something going on in him that's allowing him to stay calm in that way. I do like to use the body scan because it's a way for people to ap- apply it. But recently... Oh, you're way into this one. I know this what you're one is, say. This one's like, it's my current jam, right? It's having gratitude. And the reason I feel this way is, you know, guys, I know that you've, those who have been listening to me as a podcast host for a while... You know, I didn't run very much or didn't race very much. And I've been running and racing more. And I had a race recently in, at the, uh, uh, I ran in uh, San Diego for a marathon. And I was having a really tough day early on and had some challenges. And um, I literally, Kristen, I thought, oh, there's the half marathon turnoff. I could just go and take the half marathon turnoff. I'm like, what the? There's no, there's no way I'm doing that. There's no way I'm doing that. But I, and I didn't, of course, right? Never, never fucking quit. But I, I did something I've really not gone to before is I just said, I'm going to be grateful. And so I just said, thank you 
to the universe because that's my that's my worldview, right? That's the place I'm coming from. I was like, thanks for letting me have these legs. And I said, thanks for letting me be on these streets in this beautiful weather on this day. And then I said, thank you to the people who are around me who are also on these streets doing the same thing I'm doing today. And then I said, thank you to the spectators that are out on the course cheering me on doing this. Listen, I am a hippie, right? But I'm not into that kind of shit. But holy crap, once I started that positive feedback loop of gratitude, like something changed and something happened. Within two miles, I felt, okay, I got this. I think I can do this. I went through the half marathon mark. You know, the half marathoners had gone off a couple miles before, but I went through the half marathon mark and I was faster than I thought I was supposed to be, than I was even supposed to be in the place that I was in. Not that the gratitude got me to that position. It was just that I had a completely different experience than I was able to take advantage of the whole last part of the race. And honestly, I stayed in gratitude the rest of the race. Eventually, I got the, my grind on and I started pushing and I started, you know, really, really grinding it out and, and putting myself in a, in a place of hurt. And I didn't need the gratitude anymore because I had flipped that. I had changed that negative feedback loop through love, through gratitude. That's what gratitude is. It's just a moment of love and allowing yourself to step outside of this myopic, self-obsessed, I'm the most important thing on the face of the fucking planet at this moment. And that and, suffering is the most important thing. Yes, more important than the person next to me suffering. More important to, than the people who are out here watching me. More important to every single person who paid their entry fee so that the city of San Diego could close these roads so we could go run on them. Mm. And you know what? That shit's real and it, it, it made a huge difference. And mm. so I do think flipping it, if the answer is no, is hugely impactful. Then... Go through those steps, body scan, breathe, gratitude. They're huge. There are Those are three that I think that are very useful and I would suggest right off the bat because they don't need um, a lot of preparation. Those are ones that you can just pull out of your hat when the, when the pain comes on. They can pull out of your hat when the negative feedback loops and the scripts start going. But there's an even better one, Kristen, that that not better than gratitude, but just another one that people can use that you have recommended in the past and that has worked for you. Share mm. with folks this one because I think this one is another is one I had not thought of. Yeah, this kind of, this one's really near and dear to my heart because it it comes from a a time and a space in my life that was really hard and really challenging and had zero to do with running. And the only way I was able to get through this this very difficult time was to extend the moment. And so now I apply that to racing and to training and to running. So if all of these things did or didn't help, is it true, flipping it, what can you do about it? Um, and you're still just barely holding on, practice extending the moment. And by that, I mean the only thing on this planet that you are responsible for is being in this moment and getting to the next. Mm -hmm. And you could probably even shorten that to being in this moment. So how do you be fully present in a moment, in a race, in a workout, 
and get to the next? Do you do that by counting? Do you do that by listing off the things that you do? Do you do that by repeating mantras, one foot in front of the other? Whatever it is that you have to do, but think about it in terms of moments and not in terms of reps or not in terms of miles or not in terms of time gates and a race. Be in this moment and get to the next. And, you know, I shared with Steve a couple of days ago that I do this really weird thing when I'm when I'm racing or if I'm doing a really long hard workout where I play these games in my head of extending the moment and I know that when I cross the finish line I call it disappearing but when I cross the finish line I will look back and I will have forgotten whole chunks of time and it will feel almost like I blinked my eyes and I was done. But while I'm in that moment suffering, it feels like it's going to be forever until I finish. So I think one of the things that I do is I focus on what that feeling will be like looking back. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And that's how I'm able to extend the suffering in the moment. I think another way that you could extend the suffering in the moment is is by asking yourself the questions that we talked about earlier. Right, Because you've gone through now this process of questioning the truth of the voice of the body scan. Now how far has it been? Say all of that took you five minutes. You just held on for five more minutes and you were ready to quit. Do it again. Extend that moment. And run through those, run through the body scan, run through the breathing, go to gratitude and see where that places you. One one that you need to do before racing, and this is sort of, uh, I'll say this is the second to last one because the final point that I want to make, um, I have a little story to tell to go with it. The other thing that you can do is you can prepare scripts or mantras for yourself. If you're someone who none of these processes work for and you find yourself in workouts and or races and you're still finding your place yourself in a place where you're quitting, well, let's go back and make sure that you decided not to quit you've removed your excuses and you don't and you have reasonable expectations then then look at creating some pre-designed scripts like we talk about for racing like we talk about for mantras in a sense they're the spells that we encant on ourselves to get ourselves in the place we need to it can be a song lyric it can be a movie quote it can be something that's impactful for you it can be a tattoo that you have on your body it can be any of a, a myriad of different potential things that you can use to help you move that negative feedback loop into a neutral feedback loop. For many times and many places in workouts and races, it's not reasonable to think that you're going to be able to turn that negative feedback loop into a positive feedback loop. And scripting can help you at least not dig yourself a deeper hole, to not put yourself in a position in which you're making that negative feedback loop spiral worse, but you can actually keep yourself in a neutral place. And again, that's extending the moment. That's allowing you to go back into these number of different other techniques that we've discussed already about putting yourself into that position. Yeah, and it also reinforces your why. I mean, assuming your mantras have something to do with well, your they why. Should. They, they, they should. They should be... They should be ones that you don't have to have written anywhere. They should be ones that just come from the tip of your tongue. Like they need to be in a place that you, that just, that impact you. And that you practice every day. My mantras happen to be tattooed on my body. And, but they are something that I practice every day in every scenario in life that might be challenging. 
So, so, Kristen, people have done all these. They're still in a position where they've just they're just in a negative space, like they just done, and they they are they're they're still failing and they're still struggling and they're on that edge of quitting. Um, this this is when it's time to make adjustments on the fly. This is when you get yourself in a space. On the fly, not beforehand. Right. On the fly, you just... And, and I want to... This one will reiterate... Um, well, this is sort of going back to the to the, the original point, and it's a story I want to tell about um, an athlete's experience that, that we had this summer when we were doing a, a long run together, and I was pacing him and trying to help him out, and he, he just... You know, he had a really, really tough time and he stopped and he did quit in that particular workout. And it was disappointing to him, disappointing to me. But beforehand, I'd said to him something that, that now has resonated for me and many of the athletes in my group, and it's become a mantra for us. And we're repeating it over and over again, and it's meaning something pretty deep. I said to them, I said to him at that time, listen, you you may not be able to hit the time that you want to hit. You may not be able to be in a position where you're able, where you're gonna, you may be in a spot now where we need to slow back off 10 seconds per mile, 15 per second, seconds per mile. It doesn't matter. Whatever you do, this is the most important thing. Stay in the arena. Stay in the fight. Never fucking quit is staying in the arena, putting yourself in a position and recognizing no matter what, you're still getting something out of this workout. You're still getting something out of this experience of suffering. You're going to be able to take this experience, reflect on it later, and use it to your best advantage in a future point. If that means you need to make adjustments to your overall goal, or if it just meant that you needed to make that adjustment in that day, live to fight another day, stay in the arena, and keep fighting. That's the epitome of never fucking quit, is stay in the arena. This is something that will be useful for that athlete on race day because he practiced it in training. And even if he didn't make that decision in that moment, he now has reinforcement for making it on race day. You're reinforcement also, to make it during the next training sessions. You're also setting yourself up to potentially make a comeback, right? Because let's assume you're training for a marathon or a half marathon and you're struggling midway, early, or with even a quarter left, if you make an on-the-fly adjustment to pull back however many seconds, perhaps you just needed that minute, two minutes to take a breather, take a break, pull back, make it a little bit easier, and you can still come close to your goal, right? Or, Well, we've talked about it many times that people go through bad patches. They're especially right. happen in marathons, but they happen in every race. In not, in a lot of cases, and I won't say all of them, but in a lot of cases, doing a body scan, breathing, using gratitude, extending the moment, having new scripts, they work. The most important thing you can do is to decide from the outset you're never going to fucking quit. You just do not do it, no matter what. It is a decision. And the only reason that you are not in the arena anymore, the only reason you are no longer in the arena fighting is because you are literally dead on the side of the road or figuratively dead on the side of the road, that there's no way you could keep going. And listen, only you know the answer to that. Remember that there's a tendency to bullshit, but you know what? At some point in time, you do have to trust that. And I promise you when that happens, it won't have been quitting. You will have been forced to step away. All of these tips 
this entire podcast episode is designed to keep you in the arena. It's designed to help you be prepared for what your race requires. And we are committed to your journey. We're committed to your process. And we think that we've got some insights that can be useful and helpful to getting you to have the race day that you want. If you like it, come back and see us next week. Godspeed.